0: Good afternoon, everyone, and happy Ascension Day to you. I'm very excited to be here this afternoon, and even more excited to see such a big crowd. If I'm not mistaken, this is one of the biggest turnouts we've had at an Ascension Day event in a long, long time. So I'm thrilled that you are here today, because I believe Ascension Day Is probably the most neglected celebration in the Christian calendar. Now you're all here so you're the exceptions. You're an exceptional group of people. But uh, Ascension Day is really right up there with Christmas. I mean we make such uh, such a song and dance about Christmas. That's Jesus arrival But yet when he leaves the earth, after completing what was a mammoth task, uh, his followers barely blink an eye. Uh, I tend to start my day, I'm not very spiritual, you know. Uh, One of the things I like to do early in the morning is check Facebook. And that's because it takes me quite a while to actually wake up. I mean, I, I can't do anything for a while, so that kind of you know, gets me into reading mode and thinking mode and all of that. So I always just check Facebook. It's good to see what's happened the day before, what great events, you know, have transpired and the like. And I was absolutely shocked that there was nothing even on Facebook about Ascension Day. Not one decoration in a shop. Uh, Even Christians, you know, I've made a point of saying Happy Ascension Day to people and most people look at me oddly. I think there are many reasons why we make so little of Ascension Day. Firstly, it's on a Thursday. It's not a public holiday, so people are at work. It's also not that exciting in that the ascension of Jesus took a few seconds. He said, bless you guys, Uh, stick around until you get this gift I'm going to give you. Okay, cheers, bye. And then he's gone. Uh, Whereas Christmas has got this nice lead-in, angels, pregnancy, cousins, uh, stars, wise men. So there's a big build-up to Christmas, uh, a nine-month build-up, and then there's the whole uh, genocide by Herod, etc., etc. But but the ascension of Jesus just takes place in a matter of minutes. I think we can also feel that Ascension Day is scientifically unsatisfying for those that really think deeply about their faith. After all, sort of Jesus disappeared into the clouds. Uh, now we're wondering, okay, at what point did he have to have an angelic oxygen tank brought to him? You know, it just gets a little confusing to have Jesus disappearing. Where did he go? Um, so, so I think sometimes we, th- there's a lack of satisfaction Uh, practically about the ascension of Jesus. And of course, we don't like saying goodbye to people. It's much better to meet new people, uh, to have new things begin, you know, finishing off a thing, well, you know, that's kind of not as exciting. But the ascension of Jesus was very, very important for a number of reasons. Firstly, he needed to bring closure to his ministry, you know, Jesus couldn't just disappear and leave people wondering well, what happened to Jesus. Uh, for the sake of the gospel, there needed to be a proper ending to Jesus' earthly ministry. And Jesus sought to prepare his disciples for his departure. We see in John 16:7, for example, Jesus is explaining, "I tell you the truth. It is for your good that I'm going to be going away." Unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you. John 14, he said the same thing. I'm not going to leave you as orphans, but I'm going to come back, but I need to go. So I think it, it, theologically, it is very important that we have an official end to the ministry of Jesus. And that's what we have. Jesus is with his disciples and he departs. So now we're going to have a reading and. Interestingly enough, the ascension of Jesus is not mentioned in Matthew's gospel. Don't you find that very interesting? You get to Matthew 28, there's the Great Commission, and that's it. There's no description of Jesus' ascension. Neither in John's gospel is there an ascension of Jesus. There's a brief description in Mark's gospel, but those of you that study your Bibles carefully will know that Mark 16, the latter half, is a disputed passage and isn't actually found in the most oldest and reliable manuscripts. And so we can be confident that Mark never wrote the latter part of Mark 16, where there is a brief description of the ascension. So we need to read from Dr. Luke. And in Luke 24, we read this, Jesus saying, I'm going to send you what my Father has promised. Stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. Then he led them to the vicinity of Bethany. He lifted up his hands and blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. Then they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they stayed in the temple. And then also in Acts chapter 1, which is obviously Luke's gospel part 2, there's another description of the ascension of Christ. Again, there's a reference to you need to go to Jerusalem and wait for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Next verse, they ask him, is this the time you're going to restore the kingdom of Israel? And he says, don't worry about that. And then in verse 9, we read about his ascension. Next slide. There we go. After he said this, he was taken up before their eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently into the sky he was going. When suddenly two men, angels dressed in white, stood beside them. Men of Galilee, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who's been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you've seen him go into heaven. They return to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives. So these are our main passages that describe the ascension of Jesus to us. Three observations. He ascended from the Mount of Olives. If you've been to Jerusalem, you will know that's the hill that overlooks the Temple Mount. It's the way to Bethany. And so that is where Jesus left this earth, and he's also told us that's the spot he's going to return to this earth. And uh, Jews, of course, know that, which is why they like to be buried on that hill, and it's just a mass grave, because they want to be first to see the Messiah when he arrives. Also, another observation from these passages, there's reference to waiting for the Holy Spirit and the assurance that Jesus is going to return in the same way. So now I want to speak to you about the significance of Christ's ascension. What is the theological significance of Christ's ascension? Why does it even matter that Jesus went back to heaven? Wasn't it good enough that he came here, he died on the cross, he defeated death You know, that won our salvation. Or is there something more that he's doing for us? What is Jesus doing now? Is he just waiting there, twiddling his thumbs till he gets the order he can return? Is Jesus busy or is he bored? Is Is he doing things for us now in heaven that he couldn't do for us here on earth? I believe there are things that he's doing. I've got seven points, and I'll deal with them very quickly. The first thing that is significant for me about the ascension of Christ is it signals the moment where Jesus is handing over his mission to the church. It's it's passing that baton to, to the next runner, and we are those runners. Remember Jesus saying, it's good that I go away. I I want to hand this ministry over to you. And it makes sense, doesn't it? Why would any of you come and listen to me preach if you could tune into Jesus preaching in Jerusalem right now? (laughs) In order for the church, God's people, to effectively continue the ministry of Jesus, he needed to, 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 to move out of the way. The Great Commission is is found also in John 20. Jesus said, as the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. It's, it's over to you now. In John 14, we read these words, anyone who is faith in me will do what I've been doing, and he will do greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. And so we are to continue the ministry of Jesus and we can do it on a greater scale. We can do greater things than he did because he's gone to the Father. So I think there's a strategic reason why Jesus left us. It was so that the church could carry on his mission. The second reason why his ascension is significant is it relates to the giving of the holy spirit to his followers and this is the one truth that comes through repeatedly when we think about his ascension he he kept saying i am going luke 24 i am going to send you what my father has promised don't leave jerusalem acts 1 but wait for the gift and when Peter preaches on the day of Pentecost, he says this, exalted to the right hand of God. That's where Jesus is. He is received from the Father, the promised Holy Spirit, and has poured out what you now see and hear. When Jesus was in this world, he was limited to being in one place with a small group of people. In a particular country, Israel. Now that he's gone, and because he sent his Spirit, we can have that same intimate relationship with God through the Spirit wherever we are. We're much better off today because Christ has gone to his Father in heaven. The third reason that Jesus returned to heaven, his work was completed. His work was completed. We've just had our second son finish matric. Twelve years of hard work. And you come home from that last exam and you don't know what to do with yourself. Because it's over. Something you worked on for twelve years, it's, it's finished. You never have to put on that jacket and tie again. It's like when you've had boulders at, you, at your house. How many of you have done alterations? What a terrible thing that is. And these guys are there messing, and women, who is going to be egalitarian these days, men and women are there laboring in your property, angle grinding, spewing dust everywhere. It is, they're an absolute menace. And the, the most wonderful thing of all is when they finally take their bucky and drive off. The work is done, the project is over, and you couldn't be happier. Whatever joy you have felt at the end of a project, at the end of a task, that's what Jesus must have felt. But a hundred times over, just before his betrayal in John 17, he said, I've brought you glory on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. Within hours of that prayer, whilst hanging on the cross, Jesus said this, John 19, knowing that all was completed, Jesus said, I'm thirsty. When he'd received the drink, he said, it is finished. That's also why Jesus ascended. His work was over. He'd, he'd lived a perfect life. He'd trained up the 12 disciples. He'd, he'd done everything he needed to do, and it was time to go home. So his ascension signifies the successful completion of his work. He also went home. How many of you know what it's like to be away from home and that joy of getting home? You know, you go on a 10-day hike and you don't wash for 10 days. And, and the grit and grime is so thick, you can, it keeps the mosquitoes off you. And then when you arrive home to, to get into that shower, it's just your home. There's no place like home. I know what it's like to transit in Dubai Airport arriving at midnight and your next flight's at 10 in the morning. And all there is is a a marble floor for you to lie on. It's terrible. And the time ticks by until the call to prayer abruptly wakes you at 4.30 in the morning. And, And you've been away and it's just horrible and you feel jaded and you haven't slept and it's just horrible. And then you get home and, you, and your dog wags his tail, and, and, and life is, is good again. Could you imagine how Jesus must have felt living in this world that wasn't his home for 33 years? Finally, he, he got to go home. Just for his sake, we should be celebrating this day. In John 17, he, he at the point, this world is not my home. And my disciples, it's not their home either. John 18, my kingdom is in another place. From Philippians 2, we know that Jesus lived in glory, but he emptied himself. In theology, we call it his humiliation when he became flesh and dwelt among us. It was not easy for Jesus John's Gospel, chapter 1, tells us that he was in the Father's bosom, whatever that means. I think it means they had very close fellowship. So Jesus got to go home. He got to see his Father again. How wonderful that must have been. Remember when he bumped into Mary, John 20, he says, Mary, I'm, a, uh, I'm going to see your Father and my Father I am returning home. Jesus had very intimate relationship with his Father on this earth, often spending nights in prayer. He had a very deep and personal relationship with God. But because he was here on earth, there was still a a separation between the two of them. When he died on the cross, he, he even shouted out, My God, why have you forsaken me? That fellowship was broken, albeit momentarily, as Jesus put the sins of the world, as God put the sins of the world on Jesus. And so the ascension was a restoration of fellowship, a, a restoration of that intimate relationship with his Father. Sixthly, he was rewarded greatly for what he had done. Philippians 2 plays this out as well where it describes because of what Jesus did, because of his obedience, because of his death on the cross, because of how well he did his mission, therefore God exalted him and gave him the name that is above every other name. There is a sense in which when Jesus arrived in heaven after his ministry on earth, he was highly exalted, highly exalted. Peter brings this out in his Pentecost sermon as well, Acts 2.32, exalted to the right hand of God, he has now poured out the Spirit. It made me think, do we truly give Jesus the honor that he deserves because of his ministry here? Because heaven pulled out all of the stops to glorify and honor Jesus. And then finally, Jesus, on arriving in heaven, has begun a new ministry. One of the reasons I think Christians are so fuzzy about the ascension is that we've grown up thinking Jesus is in our hearts. But it's the Holy Spirit who's in our hearts. Jesus has never been in our hearts. We must set aside Christ as as Lord of our hearts. But Jesus Christ has a physical body since he became man. After his resurrection, he has a glorified body, but it is a physical body. He is the man Christ Jesus. And he is seated in heaven at the right hand of the Father. He's not in our hearts. He's in heaven. He ascended to heaven. And what is he doing there? He's at the Father's right hand. In Hebrew culture, that means a place of honor, a place of status, a place of authority, intimacy, and favor. It's like John lying at the the Last Supper at the side of Jesus. And from this position, Jesus functions as our high priest. In Hebrews 8, we read this. We have a high priest. Let's have Hebrews 8 there, Trev. We have a high priest who sat down at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven. That's where Jesus is in his physical form today. Who serves in the sanctuary, the true tabernacle set up by the Lord, not By man. Hebrews 4 says, Since we have a great high priest who's gone through the heavens. You know, the Hebrews believed there were seven heavens. The first heaven is kind of the air we're breathing now, the second heaven was the stratosphere or where the clouds were, etc., etc. So when it says we have a great high priest who went through the heavens, he's talking about the ascension of Jesus. He went through the heavens. Jesus the son of God and we have a high priest who's able to sympathize with our weaknesses so friends you have a listening ear we have someone who understands us and the struggles we go through his name is Jesus and he's sitting at the right hand of the father but that's not all Jesus is doing for us in Romans 8 we're told bottom line here that Jesus He was raised to life. He's at the right hand of God and is interceding for us. That should make you very excited. Jesus is at the right hand of God and he's interceding for us. In John 1 verse 2, John writes, My dear children, if any one of us sins, We have one who speaks to the Father in our defense, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. Jesus, he died for our sins on the cross, and that was a death once for all, never to be repeated. But even to this day, Jesus is playing a role in our sanctification and in our salvation. He intercedes for us. He is our advocate. And finally, the seventh point, what is Jesus doing? He's preparing a place for us. So often at funerals, I read this passage, John 14, where Jesus says, I am going there to prepare a place for you. That's what Jesus is doing as well when he's not interceding, when he's not enjoying his fellowship with his father. He's preparing a place for us. In summary then, and here are my final points in case you missed them. What's the significance of the ascension of Jesus? Well, it signifies passing on his ministry to us to carry on. His returning to heaven led to the the pouring out of the Holy Spirit. It was Jesus going home seeing his Father again, being honored for the wonderful things that he had done. And he's begun a new ministry of priestly intercession for us, and he's preparing a place for those of us that love him and are following him. Let's pray. Lord, how could we let this significant occasion go uncelebrated. Lord, your, your ascension is, is such a glorious end to, to a wonderful ministry. We thank you, Lord, that you are our great high priest, our sympathetic ear, that you intercede for us, and that you're preparing a place for us that one day we may be with you again. Thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for the commission that you've given to us. And Lord, just as all of heaven stopped to honor you, Jesus, when you arrived, we want to take some time today to honor you to thank you lord for completing the work you 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 could have failed when the devil tempted you in the desert you could have bailed when you were feeling so down in the garden of gethsemane and you could have called legions of angels to rescue you from the cross when the pain got too great but you didn't lord you ran the course you finished the race you completed the work. And we worship you, Lord. And all God's people said, Amen. We're going to stand and sing the doxology. Shirley will take it from here. Thanks. Let's stand together, friends. It's, I think, in the last page of your booklet there. stand and sing that through twice together.